So last week, remember, we talked about the fact that God never brings us out of something, right, without bringing us into something else, or never brings us out of something without there being something else to go to. He never brings us out just to leave us somewhere. He doesn't bring us out to leave us in this awkward space of of being or of existence, that he brings us out to take us, what, into something else, right? And so we talked about this in the scriptures, about him taking us out to put us somewhere else. We saw in 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that should show forth the praises of him who, what, who have called you where? Out of what? Out of darkness, and not just called you out of darkness, but called you out of darkness where? Into his marvelous light, right? And so we're reading the scriptures and we're seeing this out from and two, we read, we read uh, Genesis 12, 1, where it says, now the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house. And then he said, just leave there. He says, come out from there, right? And go where? To a land that I'm going to show you. So it was coming out for what? To go in to somewhere. We read uh, Matthew 4, 19 through 22. All these are in part one, by the way, which is on the bus route page. I'm just giving a summary right now. Um, where Jesus said to, to, to the men, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. This is when he went into, uh, he ran to his, uh, who would become his disciples. And he told them, listen, I see what you're doing. I'm calling you from that. Leave that. And, and you're, and you're going to become this. And so we see this out to end all the time. And then, and so one thing we realized was that this out of and into process is a continuous process, right? That it's not just a one-time thing. It is not God taking me out of one thing and putting me into the into something else, and then it's over. There's a continuous co- coming out of and going into, coming out of and going into, right? That happens continuously because the scripture we read with that, 2 Corinthians 3.18, again, this is all in part one, where it says, but we all with unveiled face behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Watch this. We are being transformed into what? So we're being transformed, but transformed into what? We are being transformed into the same image uh, of Christ, right? From glory to glory, just as by the uh, spirit of the Lord. And so we see that we're being transformed into the image of Christ from what? From glory to glory. And so there's one uh, a transformation. Then we're going to another transformation. Like, I am not the same person that I was two years ago. I'm not the same person I was six months ago. And two years from now, I shouldn't be the same person then that I am today. Okay. And so we see that there's this constant process. And the reason it's it's constant is because there's a lot of growth that has to happen for, for, in order for Rick to get from, from Rick to Jesus. Okay. In order for me to go from who I am today (laughs) into the image of Christ, there's a lot of work and a lot of growth that has to happen. And that's going to be continuous. And I got a lot of work to do. I know Micah don't have a lot of work to do. She's close and Morel the same way, but I have a lot of work that I got to do in order to get, watch this, into the image of Christ. And so it's a continuous thing, right? And so it led us to the conclusion that the same us that God brought out of something will not be the same us that goes into our next, right? That there's going to be change that happens here, right? The Rick that came out of that old is not going to be the same Rick that goes into the next, okay? He's going to be different uh, and, 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 and that there will be changes in me before I enter into my next, right? We talked about that the next God is taking me to, yes, is different from the old. 
remember remember the fact that um, uh, uh, we read in, in Exodus where God was saying through Moses that the land I am taking you to, watch this, will not be like Egypt, okay? He's telling me you're going to a totally different, the, the, the land that I'm taking the people is going to be a totally different place. And so while the place that I'm going is changing, there also will be a change in me in order to get to that new place, right? Because we read in the fact that 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 that, that God, you know, took, Took like Moses couldn't even get in there. That anyone in, e- in in Israel who came out of Egypt, who was twenty years and older, they couldn't get into uh, into the promised land. And so we see the fact that there are some changes and some things in my life that happens when He takes me out to take me in. Right there in between is where a lot of change, a lot of growth, a lot of maturity. Watch this is going to happen. I, I there's some changes that have to happen in my life that I have to grow in areas and that I have to mature into some things. And I've got to go move from what to glory to glory that as I am t- being taken out of, to be placed in, that the same me that came out will not be the same me that goes into my next. It can't even go. I don't even have a choice as to whether I can take it or not. I can't go. Now watch this. Watch this. It says, um, oh, that, must, that, must, <laughs> that must be Mason who typed that into the, te- into the little text message. Good morning, Mason. Um, so, so, so today what we're dealing with um, uh, is that space in between, okay? That space in between. Uh, now you have to apologize for Mason. What up, Mason? Uh, that space right there in between the, the the me who's been brought out, but yet I'm not quite there yet. Okay, that I've been brought out, but and, and, and I know that the next is there, and I know that my next is coming. Have you ever felt like you were really on the brink of breaking through something, but you knew you weren't there yet? There's a there, 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 listen. There's a nervousness. There's an anticipation. Sometimes you just can't wait. Sometimes we get restless. Sometimes, but we also get excited. We know it's coming. You can taste it but it's not just there yet, but you know that it is close and you just want to get there as soon as possible. And so we're in this space in between being brought out because I'm not where I was. We get that. And, but I also know that I'm not quite yet where God has taken me. So I'm in this space and that can be a weird space. I'm in the process of getting there. Okay. And so, and so sometimes when we're in that, we can feel like we're stuck because we don't have a timetable as to when this is going to be over. So we feel like we're stuck. We feel like we're in a rut. Sometimes we feel like our spiritual life or even our our life in general is stale. Sometimes we feel like we'll never get to the other side. Uh, uh, You know, have you ever felt like things were just taking too long? Sometimes you feel like, you you know, emotionally, you feel mentally, uh, you feel like spiritually you're in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Like, 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 if you like, like where is, like, I don't even know where I am right now. You know what I mean? And, and so you're in this weird space where you feel like it's not as bad as it was because I was brought out, but I know for a fact that there's more. I see you, Sierra. I see you, Ma. But you know that there is more and you're trying to figure out, you know, what am I going to do while I am here? Because that's a weird place to be stuck in the middle of nowhere, knowing that you've got to go somewhere, but you don't even really know what the next step is sometimes. And so you, I see you shaking your head, Crystal. I got you. And so, and so that, that is what we're dealing with here today because like it or not, we've all been in this place and we all will be in this place again because like we talked about, God is constantly in us, taking us from somewhere and taking us to something. This will not be the only time in life where I will feel like I'm stuck. It won't be the only time in life where I feel things are stale. It won't be the only time where I'm questioning where am I and what am I doing here because I will all always be brought out to, and to be brought to something else. But it's knowing how to deal with that space in between, how to, how to function uh, scripturally, how to, how to do things the right way when I'm in this place where I know what do I do while I'm here. Now watch this, just as we focused on Israel 
uh, last week and the deliverance from Egypt, where we talked about uh, being brought out to be taken to something and, and what I'm being brought out of will not be like what I'm going to, and that some of the things that came out of will not be able to make it into, right? So we talked about that. We're going to draw some points from their story this week um, um, as well. But what I want to look at from their standpoint, here's what's interesting. We're going to learn so much from Psalm 106 about what not to do as opposed to what to do. And so when we pull out what not to do, I'm going to flip it to say, here's what, here's, here's what we do, because I want to always make sure that we're positive and not, and not negative. But it's funny because you can learn a lot from other people's experiences. You Listen, you don't have to go through everything yourself, okay? You can watch what someone else goes through. You can watch what happens in another. I see you, Crystal. And you can do, and, and, and spare yourself the drama. And you can spare yourself the grief. And you can spare yourself all the, without having to go through every single thing you know, people, I want to experience. I want the like, well, why would you want, like, why? Like, just to go, just to go, I, I see you, Mike, just to go through it. Why do you want to do that? You can learn from other people. I see you see here. I don't have to go through everything to know that that ain't what God wants for me. And so we're going to pull from these lessons and we're going to learn from their mistakes. I see you, mom. We're going to learn from those mistakes. And here's the thing. Sometimes you well, watch this. You can learn how to lead from watching a bad leader, right? You can learn what to, <laughs> I see you. I see you, Chris. You can you you can learn. You can sure enough learn like what not to do by watching what someone else does. Uh, you can do that for, at work with a supervisor or a manager or boss. You can say, you know what? That is not the right way to do it. I'm not going to do it that way. You don't have to go through it and do it yourself and then say, oh well, maybe yeah, I shouldn't do it that way. No, of course not. Uh, of course not. So now here's what's interesting. Point number one, we're going to get to point number one before we even read from uh, Psalm 106. Point number one, before we even read, we've got to understand this, y'all. I cannot detach my responsibilities and my actions from the process. That's point number one. I cannot detach my responsibility and my actions from the process. What I do matters. That's your point, that I cannot detach my responsibilities, that I cannot detach my actions, that the things that I do matter. Don't forget, Moses didn't get to the promised land. He died on a mountain where he could see it, but couldn't go in because of his actions. Okay, watch this. The Israelites, 20 years and over, who made it out of Egypt, they couldn't go to the promised land. They all died off in the wilderness. Why? Because of their actions. The Bible is clear about that. Now, listen, this is not like a works-based or merit-based teaching. We live in grace. We live in favor, but we have to understand that 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 because we're talking about grace and favor, and, and, and we're talking about salvation and stuff like that, and, and just God's you know gift to us. But what we're, but but we're not so we're not saying that that stuff is not relevant to us. What we're saying is that we have to take responsibility. Watch this. I see you, Morel facts. Because watch this. Watch this. If 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 we don't take responsibility, then then explain to me obedience. Then why is it important to be obedient? Why is it important to obey God? Right? Then why is it important for us to love others? And what about giving, right? What about sowing? These things are important, but it is our responsibility to do it. It is my responsibility to obey God. It is my responsibility to be loving. I have to be giving, right? And so we can't detach our responsibilities and, and our actions from this process, okay? And so, and so we got to make sure, and some, for some of us, when we get off this call, we may need to look in the mirror and we may need to tell ourselves what I do matters. And I am taking responsibility for what I do. Amen. I see you, Mom. I see you, Morel. Uh, so let's jump into Psalm 106. I'm going to read from the NIV and I'm going to flip back and forth between um, uh, between screens here. So um, just bear with me if I, if I take a little take a little bit. OK, here we go. We're going to we're going to read um, uh, Psalm 106. We're going to start at verse eight. Now, watch this. 
yet, so so they, so the the writer of the psalm is going through um, uh, the history of what happened there. So he says, "Yet he saved them for his name's sake, to my to his uh, mighty power known. He rebuked the Red Sea and dried it up. Watch this. He led them through the depths of uh, uh, through the depths as through the desert, uh, uh, and uh, he saved them from the hand of the foe and from the hand of the enemy. He redeemed them. Watch this. He covered." Uh, the waters covered their adversaries. Not one of them survived. They believed his promises and sang his praises. And so they're talking about when he brought them out of, uh, out of Egypt and, and split the Red Sea. They crossed over. The, 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 he puts the water back, devours the enemy, and, and they're all happy. And they're singing his praises. And everything's great. You can read the story. They had a song and Miriam's dancing and everybody just, be, oh, the God, God is so good. But now we go to verse 13. And this is where we get point number two. He says, but they soon forgot what he had done. And that is point number two. The point number two, we talked about, I can't, my responsibility is number one. Point number two is please do not forget what God has done for you before. Watch this. We have to remind ourselves daily, sometimes moment by moment, what God has done for us. That is a great practice to do, to remind yourself what God has brought you out before. Verse 13 said, but they soon forgot what he had done. Not that over time that they forgot, not over a period of years they forgot. It said that they soon forgot what God had done for them. Let that not be said about impact, that we as a family here on this call soon forgot what God had brought us out of and what God has done for us. Listen, ain't it interesting? Because we've seen this before. Uh, we, we, we can make it personal. Ain't it interesting? And maybe you've experienced this in your life, how people will forget what you have done for them, how you were there for them when nobody else was. When they needed somebody to talk to, you were there to talk to them. When they needed to show them, when no one else understood, you understood. Oh, you're my best friend. Oh, you're always there for me. And all this other kind of stuff. And then they forget everything that you've done for them. It, 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 you may have experienced that before where you're like, did they forget that I did this and I did this and I helped them with that and I helped them with that and I helped them with this and I did this and I was doing this and we soon forget and we can be that we be we're that way with other people people have been that way with us I see you see here and 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 we can be that way sometimes with God we should be careful to always remember and to never forget what God has brought us from so even while I'm waiting for my next I will I will remember and I will be thankful for what God has brought me from, even, watch this, while I'm waiting uh, on my next. Because not being thankful for that, watch this, watch this, that's a, that, that's a, that's a grateful issue. That's, that's not being thankful. That's an awareness situation, right? And we had a, a sermon not so long ago about being thankful. And so let's keep reading. Uh, 13. Uh, yeah, so they, uh, verse 13. But they soon forgot what he, we, what he had done. So we're learning from them. We're not going to forget. We learned that from them. Watch this. It says, and did not wait for his plan to unfold. That's going to be point number three right there. Right, watch this. That he, he, it says, it says that, that they soon forgot what he did. And then it says, number two, they did what? They, they, they did not wait. Well, I see you, Morel. That they did not wait for his plan to unfold. We need to be patient. We need to make sure we don't get impatient. We need to learn how to wait. Verse 13 says they did not wait for his plan to unfold. Look, take note here that, that just the same way we say that they said it soon forgot. Take note of the fact that, 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 that it says that they did not wait for God's plan to unfold. God has a plan, okay? God knows what he's doing. He is shaping things. He's working things out. He's made things plain for us. And he's, and, and he's, and he's setting things forth. And he's got this thing that he's doing. But we get impatient. And so he has this plan and that he is working. 
working, but we have to wait and we have to trust him that his plan is perfect and that he's got a plan for me and I have to wait for this thing to unfold. And again, it goes a couple of weeks, months ago, we did a teaching on patience. And I think this is maybe the second time that I've referenced that teaching. Please go back on the Buzzsprout page and listen and, and, and go back and listen to that thing on patience because it is so important. And so what happens is we start to move in our own strength. We start to move in our own power. We start to do things that we think we should do instead of waiting for God's plan to unfold. And while we wait for his plan to unfold, we wait patiently. We wait without being anxious. We pray that God take away the anxiousness, take away the desire in me to want to move ahead of you. Let me wait and wait for your perfect timing. Okay. And so the Bible said that they, what they had soon forgot. He said that they did not wait for his plan to unfold. These are all things we want to make sure that we do not do while we're waiting. Right now, watch this. Uh, Let's go to uh, verse uh, 14. Watch this. In the desert, they gave into their craving. In the wilderness, they put God to the test. So here's what they did. In the desert, they did what? They gave in to their craving. That's going to be point number four, that while I'm waiting, I will be careful to not give in to my fleshly desires, that I will not give in to the things that my flesh desires. The Bible says that they that in the desert, they gave in to their cravings. James 1.12 says, blessed is the man who what? Endures temptation. Sometimes that temptation is not going to go away. Sometimes that thing is, sometimes it's going to come back again, and then sometimes it'll come back again, and sometimes it will come back again. And but the Bible says, blessed is the, and there are some things that won't, that, that won't tempt you anymore. But sometimes there are these things that we have to learn that I have to endure this temptation, and I cannot give into my flesh right now. It says, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life the Lord has promised to those who loved him. I told you, sometimes it ain't easy. It's not the snap of the finger. It's not pouring oil on you when you come up to the, to the altar for prayer after church. No, no. Sometimes it's understanding that, that in order for me to get through this, I'm going to have to do what? What James 1.12 says, endure. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to just endure this temptation. I'm just going to have to keep on pushing and I'm going to have to not give in. It says that they gave into their cravings. And so while we wait, we have to make sure that we deny the flesh and that we do not give into it. Because watch this. It says, so he gave them what they asked for, but sent a wasting disease among them. Imagine you praying and wanting this, wanting this, wanting this, and then God finally sends it. And But there's some sort of disease that comes with this thing that he has sent to you. And it may not even be like, a, like an actual disease, but something, because sometimes we think we know what we want and we say we want this and we want that and we want this person, we want that. And then the next thing you know, you get it and you got it. And it's the worst thing that could have happened. That could have happened to you. And so we've got to trust God's plan and make sure we don't what move ahead. Now let's go to verse 16. We learned a lot of what not to do. We're not even going to be able to finish all this today. It says in the camp, watch this. They grew envious of Moses and Aaron who was consecrated to the Lord. It says that they grew envious of Moses and Aaron. Here's another thing that we fall uh, uh, tempted to do while we are waiting. We get envious of others while we're waiting on our next. Don't get envious or jealous of anybody else while, while they're stepping into their next. So it seems like this is working out for them and they've got this going on and it always seems like it's working out for them and we mess around and get envious or we get jealous and we wonder, well, God, when is it my turn? You know, we, you know, God, God, why them and not me? 
careful with that because we can get envious when that starts to just get into our mind and it gets into our hearts. And we're asking these questions over and over and over. And we look at other people and say that we want what they have. Here's what we should do instead while we wait. What we should do is celebrate what God is doing in the life of other people. When I see God blessing Crystal, I don't need to be jealous about that. I don't need to be envious about that because God, well, let me tell you something, because God can work in Crystal's life, in Nisi's life, in Yenis's life, in Morel's life all at the same time and still have me on his mind. And so I, watch this. And so I, that's right, celebrate while I wait, okay? So that, that rhymes. I could do almost do like a preacher thing with that. So I need to celebrate, while I wait, I will celebrate. That's the preacher thing. So I need to celebrate what God is doing in Ma's life. I need to celebrate what God is doing in Val's life and what he's doing in Crystal's life. It doesn't mean he doesn't have enough for me. God has enough for everybody. And while he's working in their life, he's also working in my life. Watch watch this. I'm happy to see him work in Mike and Gina's life because that shows me that God is working. So while I feel like I'm in the middle of nowhere, I do see him working in somebody's life right now. And so the fact that I see it happening for Yenis and I see it happening for Micah, it encourages me that Look, at least all of us ain't sitting here in the middle of nowhere. At least at least I see Micah's life being blessed and I see Morel moving forward and I see Denise moving forward. That gives me hope that while I am still waiting on mine, that I still see God working. I see it at least manifesting in someone else's life. So I know in the background he's working in my life and over time it will still manifest. And so while so while I'm waiting, I'm going to make sure that I celebrate what's going on with everybody else and not necessarily uh, get envious. But again, sometimes those thoughts come into our mind, but that's why it is so important like it says in second Corinthians that we take captive of these thoughts, right? And that we put these thoughts, this is casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity, every thought we can take into captivity, those thoughts, and we can cast them out that the minute that comes in like, man, why God bless crystal like that again. And well, when is it going to be my time? I said, wait, wait, nope, nope. I'm not even getting on that train. You're out of here. Nope. I'm going to celebrate crystal. Let me text her right now. Say, yo, I know I talked to you yesterday, but congrats again on that. You know what, Nisi? I know we talked Friday, but you know what? Congratulations again on that, man. That's a big deal. And that's what I'm going to do instead of letting that thought process itself in, in my mind um, and in my heart. Verse 17, to follow up on 16 says, the earth opened up and swallowed Dathan. It buried the company of uh, uh, Abraham, uh, Abri Ram, sorry. Uh, fire blazed among their followers. A flame consumed the wicked. Watch this. Why? Because they grew envious of Moses and Aaron is why that happened. Okay, let's move to... Um, uh, Let's move to, oh, you know what? Here's something important too to, to, to look at. When you look at the last two things we talked about, um, and I know I'm talking fast because I, I just feel like I got a lot to get in, but I'll try to slow down. Listen back to the, to the, to the, um, to the bus route. Um, and so he says, um, uh, uh, when we get to verse uh, uh, 14, where they gave into their cravings, like gave into their cravings, we saw what they did. And then we saw um, uh, God's uh, response or a negative uh, action, a negative effect of them doing that. Then we saw how they got envious. And then we saw what? A negative effect to that. Again, don't think that we can, we can disassociate our, our actions from, from what happens to us while we wait. Amen. Now watch this. Uh, verse 19. Verse 19 says, at, at Horeb, watch this, they made a calf and worshiped an idol cast from metal. Watch this. They exchange their glorious God for an image of a bull which eats grass. Come on. That's what the Bible says. Breaking it down, just how ridiculous that is. It says that at Horeb, they made a calf and worshiped an idol cast from metal and said they exchanged their glorious God for an image of a bull. Not even an actual bull that eats grass, an image of a bull 
which eats grass. Now watch this. We've got to make sure that, uh, and this is point number six, that, 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 that as we wait and as we're believing and as we're waiting for that next, that we keep our heart and that we keep our affections, our worship, that's our worship, that we keep our heart and our affections. We keep our worship for God and God alone and beware not to make idols out of things, okay? Now watch this. That's a self-reflecting question. That's what am I worshiping? Where is my affection? What has my affection? What is my number one desire? Most of us will never say that my number one desire is a golden calf you know, that eats grass. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to exchange my God for that. We'll never say that. I'm sure if you ask them, some of them might not have said that because idols can come in many different forms and they grab our affection sometimes without us even knowing it, whatever that number one desire is. And that means we've got to be real with ourselves and we've got to make sure that we examine our hearts and ask the Holy Spirit to examine our hearts and draw out anything that we are putting above God. Okay. Because we'll never physically say, oh, I'm putting money above God. We'll never, most of us will never say that, but if we were to look at how we deal with our finances, and I'm not talking about whether you give or not, I'm just talking about whether or not you, you deal with your finances in a way that is led by the, by the spirit, or, or even in the way we deal with people, uh, uh, that it might show up that that's exactly, you know, what we're doing. Again, it comes in many forms. Uh, we worship material things nowadays. Oh, we worship material things. And watch this. And we even use church and we try to use God to get those material things. That's not putting God above a material thing. That's putting the material thing above God because you're using God to get to that thing. Oh, we'll go to church for it. We will pray for it. We will shout for it. We want the preacher, we want Rick the preacher message to tell me how I can get it, how I can believe for it and have faith for it. Uh, And I'll give to the church because I believe if I'm going to give, then then I will get that. It's going to help me be in a better position to get it. The whole focus is on it and not God. The whole focus is on the thing and not God. That's right. We have to keep our affections uh, and action towards God. Watch this. And so, and, and we worship people sometimes like idols. And we, uh, I mean, you know, whether it's, you know, some famous person, sometimes it's even in romantic relationships, we'll put somebody else who we're involved with above God. And next thing you know, our values are compromised and who we are. Come, and we're not spending any more time talking to God or praying to God. I'm spending all this time with this other person. I put this other person on this high pedestal to where now in my heart, it's almost like they're basically God. We do it in, in, in I mean, it happens all the time in church leadership structures. I mean, this is why, you know, impact is built the way it's built, because there'll never be a, a, a way or reason or, or anything we do to try to elevate me. You know, you know, you nobody calls the air first lady because that's ridiculous. There's no such thing as a first lady. It's not church. It's not Bible. That's that's stuff that we created. You know, I don't know why, but we just created it because we got to create these hierarchies and stuff, which is ridiculous. But we don't we don't elevate people. We don't worship people. Right. And, and here's and here's why this is so dangerous with this material, with the materialism. Um, because watch, you got to understand what they did. We're going to go back in the Bible. Uh, 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 here's what they did. They took the thing that God blessed them, watch this, in their deliverance from Egypt. He, they took the things that God blessed them with when he delivered them from Egypt, and they turned around and worshiped that instead of worshiping God who gave them that. Watch this. God gave them the gold when they left Egypt. He, he impressed on the Egyptians' heart to give them gold. Where, where else you think they got the gold from? There's no, they didn't get the gold in the wilderness. Watch this, Exodus 12, 30, uh, uh, 33. Exodus go 33, 36. It says, for the Egyptians urged the people, this is after, after, uh, after the last plague, uh, after the la- last plague. It says, the, Egyptian urged, the Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave the country, for otherwise they said, we will die. Now, because remember, this is after, that, after the last plague. So the people took their dough before the yeast was added and carried it on their shoulders uh, uh, in kneading troughs uh, wrapped in clothing. Watch this. The Israelites did as Moses instructed, right? 
and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing. The Lord had made the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people, and they gave them what they asked for. So they plundered the Egyptians. And so the, the goal, listen, God gave them favor with the Egyptians, even though they were slaves at this point, and the Egyptians just wanted them gone, gave them favor as he instructed Moses to tell them, ask for silver, ask for gold, ask for clothes. And the Egyptians had favor on them. God made it so that, they, and they took that stuff. And so he blessed them with that silver and blessed them with that gold. And what did they do while they were waiting? And what, impatient, gave into their sinful desires and all these things we saw that we shouldn't do. They, they took the blessing the material thing, and they started worshiping it. They made a, a, a bull out of it, and they started worshiping that. And sometimes we can get so attached to these things that we think God is blessing with us or things that God legitimately blesses us with, and we start to worship that stuff, and we start to make idols of it. Whether it's, And it's something about material things. It's something about money. I mean, Because Jesus is clear. You can't serve God and mammon. It's so, it, 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 meaning money, you know, material things. It is just so interesting how that can be the big, uh, super huge stumbling block that's so many people deal with to where these things now become our God and we're worshiping that. They took the same thing that God blessed them with and they turned it into into an idol. And we've got to make sure that these things that are accessories, these things that are nice to have, and these things that, you know what, God, I really did need another car because it was breaking down. Thank you so much because you didn't have to, you know, give me, I can get around on a bus in the Metro, but thank you so much for putting me in a position to get a car that I can afford. And so, and, 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 but, but we don't want to make sure that we then focus on the thing that he gave us to where now that becomes an idol and we're worshiping that as opposed to the God who gave us that. And here's, what's interesting about this too. Not only did they get the, get the calf from, um, from Egypt, they brought their old customs, those old customs that they saw in Egypt to, to, to their, we were trying to bring it into their new, they can't take it there, but into the wilderness with them. They didn't know nothing about worshiping no bull and no calf. Egyptians had several gods. And, 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 and even to the point where like they didn't worship the different gods, even in the same places, like in the same temples, like, you know, and, and a lot of those gods were also animals that they would worship. And so, but they would have specific places where they worship somewhere in Egypt, they saw cow or, or and bull worship. And they decided to do that because that made more sense to them there with the gold that they got from it, from it. And so we, this is why we say, when we talk about Romans 12, that, you know, I beseech you therefore brothers by the mercies of God, that you present your body to live in sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service, watch this, and be not conformed to the things of this world. We have to make sure that we keep ourselves not that, 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 that we don't conform to the things of this world and that we don't conform to things that are cultural. And, and, and I'm telling you, sometimes that line is thin, even in church, where there's a lot of church culture, a lot of church tradition. And we've got to make sure that we don't we don't conform to the things of this world, even if we see it in church. Even if we see the things of this world in church, we have to make sure we don't conform to it. Remember, in James uh, 127, uh, it says, true religion undefiled before the Lord is this helping the widows and orphans in their distress, meaning help those who are in need and keeping yourself what? Unspotted from the world, that there is this separation. So while I wait, I will also guard my worship. I will guard my heart to make sure that I don't start making idols of these other things. I'm telling y'all, if y'all read the entire Psalm 106, it is a battering ram of things. And so we're going to finish the rest of this when we come back for church in two weeks. Uh, because there's still more points, but we just did six of them. And so I didn't want to overload us with, with stuff this morning. But we'll come back um, uh, in two weeks uh, with that.